how would he start? What would his story be for us? Hosea, the prophet in the Old Testament. Just imagine that. Imagine if he were here with us right now, in this room, on this stage. How would he begin his story? God, you want me to do what? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that, that God has asked you to do some pretty hard things in your life. Give me a break. Who are you you kidding? Do you you know what God asked me to do? Do you have any idea what God asked me to do? It it was a long time ago. uh, Back, I was still in school. I was studying to be a prophet. I'd always had this dream that one day I, Hosea, would, would grow up to be a prophet. All of my heroes were, were prophets. Of course, if I only knew then what I know now. But, but one day, I, w- I was out in the, in the, the, the garden doing some, some work, and all of a sudden, God spoke to me, which I thought, you know, was a really good sign, right? Prophet, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is my, my moment. Finally, here, he, he has spoken, I mean, maybe I'm just hearing voices, but I really think prophet. And God said to me, Hosea, I've got something I want you to do for me. Sweet, right? I mean, I'm in. This is, this is my big break. This is finally my, my doorway in, right? I, I can do this. God has spoken. This was my, my first real chat, real conversation with God. And so I'm kind of, you know, expecting maybe like a little... I don't know, meet and greet or a, a little bit of get to know you. But no, God gets, gets right to the point. He says, Hosea, um, Hosea, which I start kind of freaking out a little bit, okay? Because I mean, it really sounds like God is trying to find the right words to give me really horrible news. But I, you know, I push that all aside. This is, this is my day. I'm a prophet now. Hosea. I've got a woman in mind for you. Okay, sigh of relief. I mean, fine. That, I mean, yay, God, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's perfect. That's, Hosea, just, just wait a second. Before you, before you celebrate, there's something you need to know about her. Yes. Hosea, there's, just, there's really just no good way to say it. That you, you see... The woman for you, she's, she's going to be unfaithful to you. Um, God, what? I, we must have a, a bad connection here because it really sounded like you said, Hosea, just let me finish. She's not just going to be unfaithful to you. She's going to be constantly unfaithful to you, notoriously unfaithful to you. Hosea, she is going to cheat a lot. In fact, Hosea... You could even call her, you could even call her a whore, Hosea. But I want you to find her, and I want you to love her. Are you kidding me? I mean, who does this guy think he is? I mean, some of you have experienced that betrayal. You know what that feels like. Nobody volunteers for that. I mean, God, you... 
you've got to be making some kind of mistake. This can't be right. You see, God, you listen to me. I've got big plans, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a prophet. Don't you think I need a, a good wife, a, a noble wife, maybe a, a prophet's daughter or, you know, somebody who plays the piano, who loves going to church. I mean, God, you know the type, don't you? That's what I need, not this. God, you can't do this to me. I can't do this. Sure you can, Hosea. End of conversation. Did I mention this was my first chat with God? Well, the weeks went by, and soon it had been months, and nothing had happened. I I began to think, maybe I just dreamed the whole thing up. I mean, truthfully, I was kind of hoping that I'd just dreamed the whole thing up. Maybe maybe it's, it's nothing, and until I saw her. There, there she was in the marketplace just beyond the courtyard. Our, our eyes met. I know I was probably more than a little bit awkward because I, I just, I, I couldn't look away and, and I don't even know what it was that, that drew me to her. I mean, she didn't seem to be anything particular, particularly special and yet something happened in me and I had to talk to her. And so I finally coaxed up enough nerve to, to go over and begin a conversation. And listen, I, I, am, I don't do that. I'm not the kind of guy that approaches strange women, but I had to talk to her. And at this moment, what God had told me was the last thing on my mind. I just wanted to be near her. And it didn't take me long to fall in love with her. And I know what some of you are thinking. How could you? A woman like that? I mean, seriously, Hosea. But you don't know her like I know her. I I saw her not just for who she was. I saw who she could be. And and yeah, she had a a terrible past, a difficult childhood. She came with all kinds of baggage, and yet we, we had so much hope. And, and besides, she wasn't like that. Not, not like you think. Not at the beginning. I mean, I mean she was different. I mean, I, I could tell. Restless, I guess. And, and I knew what was going to happen. I, I, I knew where all this was, was leading. I mean, by this point in our relationship, those words God had spoke to me were ringing in my ears over and over and over again. I knew it was going to be disastrous. But don't you get it? I loved her. In those early days together in our relationship as we were, we were dating, we, we spent hours and hours, I mean, we were inseparable. We would, we would talk and, and plan and dream and I could, I could make her laugh. Everything was just perfect. It was intoxicating. Marriage just seemed un, inevitable to me. Unfaithful? Maybe I could be Enough. Well, the wedding was pretty simple. I mean, we didn't have a lot, remember, young prophet, okay? We were broke, but, but, but we, were, we were in love. Or I mean, I, I thought she loved me. And that, that first year of marriage, it was, it was actually really nice. We, we even had our first child, my boy, my son. We, we named him Jezreel, which I know is kind of a, a strange name, but that's what God had told us to name him. And so, yes, if, if you were wondering, God had re-entered our story. I mean, I was a prophet now. 
I'd be lying if I said I wasn't sort of hoping he'd just keep his distance. God, just stay well enough alone. I knew where all this was heading. But I couldn't help hoping. For that restlessness of hers. It only increased. And it didn't take me long to realize that she wasn't happy. She would, she would get so quiet. And it didn't matter anymore what I did. I could tell that she was pulling away. She was looking for something, searching for something. She, she was desperate. My, my dear, my love, what, what are you looking for? I, I've, I've given you everything. I would do anything. Am I not enough for you? And she started disappearing then these, you know, random hours. And I would sit watching the clock, imagining the worst. She'd stay out later, later, later. You should see the way she started dressing. The smells that she started carrying home with her. She would, she would kiss me tasting like them. Lies. The arguments. I tried to love her like she needed to be loved. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't just that I was, you know, trying to keep her all to myself or that I was just trying to protect myself from, from humiliation or something like that. I, I loved her and I could see where the choices she was making were, was leading her. I could see who she was becoming. Have you ever seen the person you love most in the world destroy themselves? Some, some of you probably have, but to watch, is there anything more helpless, more hopeless than seeing someone make those decisions, knowing it was leading to their ruin, and there not being a single thing that I could do about it? But that's the choices she was making. And I remember, still, the first night that she didn't even bother to come home and sleep. I wept. I prayed. I cried out to God. I begged him. I mean, I've never felt so alone. What, what are these men offering you? What are they giving you that I can't give you? What could it be? What, what, what's, the, what's the secret here? How, how, is this, how is this possibly happening? And just... When I didn't think it could get worse, I mean, I started to grow so paranoid, and, and not just, paranoid is the wrong word, right? Because I already knew what was happening, right? God had told me, and by, by this point, his words, it was clear, I saw it, it was so clear looking back on all of it. I had signed up for this, but I didn't want to be a prophet anymore. And just when things couldn't possibly get any worse, I mean, she didn't even tell me, okay? Uh, but it didn't take me long to figure out. It becomes obvious after a while she was pregnant. I mean, it could be mine, right? It's, it's possible. And when she finally came, God told us what to name her. He said, Jose, you can call this one No Mercy. It's kind of a strange name, okay? God, No Mercy, it's suspicious, but she could still be mine, right? And then she got pregnant again. I started doing the math in my head. 
I was going crazy. I mean, who can possibly live like this? But I still kept hoping. I mean, self-denial, right? It's ridiculous, isn't it? But deep within, I kept saying, maybe I dreamed the whole thing. Maybe everything's fine. Maybe I'm just making it all up and I'm paranoid. Maybe that's it. Maybe this baby will be mine. But when God told me what to name him, well, he said, Hosea, you can call this one not mine. Thanks, God. Subtle, right? We just imagine me introducing him to the neighbors. Yes, here's our, our cute little one. This one's not mine. No, that's his name. He is not mine. Have you met his mom? right? I mean, but they, they all already knew, all the town, everyone knew, and I got so sick and tired of their stares and their hushed whispers as if I had no clue what was going on, and their pity as my world was unraveling around me. So much betrayal, so much pain. And that, it, was, it was like she had ripped my heart out and left it drying in the desert sun. Why wasn't I enough? Why? And that's when it hit me. Like a ton of bricks raining down on a glass house. God, is that what you meant? God, is, is that what it feels like? I mean, I always knew that sin was bad, right? I mean, sure, we shouldn't do it. God doesn't like it. And I always knew that we as, as humans, we constantly chase after whatever we think and think can give us satisfaction. All the things that God promises to give us, we, we're, we're restless, right? It, it's what you do. It's what I do. It's the default nature of the human race. It's who we are, constantly searching. You see, one, one little detail I neglected to mention, um, back in the original conversation, the, hey, go marry a prostitute chat, um, God had sort of giving me a glimpse of what was happening here. He said, Hosea, I want your life to be an object lesson. Because it's not just you, Hosea, who will be betrayed. It is me who's been betrayed. It's not just your wife who's unfaithful, who tramples on your love. It is my people who tramples on my love and is unfaithful. So God, is this what it feels like? That constant sense of betrayal. The, the lingering question of how was I not enough, that the, the justifiable anger at having been abandoned and that ache, God, that ache for someone you love so much as they destroy themselves. God, how can you stand it? You see, God calls us his wife. It's kind of strange, I know. Um, but you see, God made us he entered into a covenant promising to be faithful to us and he longs to dwell with us in intimacy. You are his wife. But it's like we're still dating other people. Hedging our bets, just seeing if, if something better might come along as if being with him is somehow settling for second best. For my people, the Israelites, we had a terrible mistress 
His, his name was, was Baal, the, the god of the Canaanites. You see, we were farmers, all of us, by and large, and Baal promised rain. Baal promised good crops and flourishing, that everything in our life would be just fine. And yes, Yahweh, our God, had promised the same, but we never believed that he would actually be enough to fulfill it. Monogamy's not that easy, you know. Now, me, I, I never went in for the whole Baal thing, okay? It's part of the whole being a prophet. We just don't do that. I never look to Baal for satisfaction. But I've looked a thousand other places. Every time I sin, I cheat. We are restless creatures, searching for our fears to be relieved, our desires to be satisfied, and our affections to be returned, and we are searching desperately everywhere. All of us, you are searching. What are you, what are you looking for? Money, tell me, tell me that I'm important. Sex, make me feel desirable. Uh, good works, make me believe that I'm a good person. Reputation, that I'm, I'm likable. Success, that, that I'm awesome. Or, or good works, that my life is worth living. Lover after lover after lover when our rightful husband promises those things and even more. But we're restless. Every time I sin, I cheat. I realize some of you at this point, you know, in sort of righteous indignation, right? You want to stand with, with me, Hosea, so that together we can, we, can, we can wag our fingers at my unfaithful wife. And probably most of us feel that, at least to some extent. But if that's all you feel, then you've missed it. That's not why God did this to me. God doesn't want you to identify with me. He wants us to identify with her. We are the whore in this story. Because I constantly scream out to God, God, you will never be enough for me. As I move from one bed to the next, on and on and on, looking, searching for satisfaction. You can imagine at this point, it's pretty pretty fed up with the home situation. Frankly, so was God. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. God, we've, we've got to have another chat here, okay? I, I cannot do this anymore. I haven't even seen her in months. She is not my wife, and I am not her husband, not in any meaningful sense whatsoever, and I am sick and tired of showing mercy to no mercy and treating not mine like he's mine. God, I am done. She, she has forgotten me, and God, you know You and I both know I have every right to divorce her. Take her back. Are you listening? At what cost? To to what ends? I don't even even know where she is. I don't even know where to begin looking. And besides, she's the one who left me. Let her come crawling back to me if she wants back. No, Hosea. Hosea. You go get her, you find her, and you bring her back. All right. And so I began searching. For months, I looked everywhere in every possible direction. I talked to anybody I thought might have any clue. And by now, it's been well over a year since I've I've even seen her. I mean, God, if you want me to find her, maybe just a little bit of help here. And then one evening, 
It was around dusk after work. I stopped off at the, the marketplace to pick up a few things for dinner. It's not easy being a single parent. And I remember how crowded the market was on that day. And I had to weave through the crowd. And as I turned the corner, I saw. I mean, I didn't even know if it was her. Okay, I'd imagined her face in others about a thousand times before this. But I had to be sure. And so I I started following just at a distance. No, it it couldn't be her. I mean, this this woman was being led away in chains by a cruel-looking man, and she she looked so much older. She was sick. It, It couldn't be her. So I turned and started to head back home. I don't know if I was more disappointed or relieved. And then something said to me, keep following. And I knew. In that moment, all the the pieces started falling into place and I, I could see that this cruel man was her cruel master and probably had been one of her former lovers. It's strange how that works, right? That... These false lovers so often become cruel masters. And and he was leading her away to the the part of the the market where slaves are bought and sold. And he chained her wounded body to the wooden pole. She was barely covered in rags. She looked so exposed and she was filthy. I'd never seen her looking so tired. Her eye was black. There was blood crusted to her lip. And I I just crept a a little bit closer. I I didn't want her to to see me. And as I got closer, I I knew for sure. It was her, my, my bride, my love. What have you become? And then she saw me. Instantly, her eyes darted away. Her face flushed. But there was no place to hide, not this time. So much guilt. And I, I started to, to rush towards her, but I, I stopped short because I could, I could see such incredible fear in her eyes. And not just fear, but terror mingled with, with shame. I, I could read it on her face. Here comes my husband to divorce me. Here he comes to mock me me, to laugh at me, to to kick me while I'm down and to abuse me. So I just slowly walked over to her. And I raised up my hand and she she flinched as if I was going to hit her. But I simply put my hand in her matted hair and I wiped the blood from her swollen lip. And in that moment, face to face, it all came back. I don't know how or why, but, but there in that moment, I, I knew once again, I just wanted to be near her and I wanted to, to make it right. I wanted to make her happy. I wanted to love her and be loved by her and I would stop at nothing to, to win her back, my, my beautiful bride. And so I quickly took out whatever money I had left. I tossed it at the cruel owner, buying her back, and I began to untie her. And she still wouldn't look at me. Not in the face. And so I simply whispered to her, it's okay. I've paid your debt. 
I want to begin, begin again. My darling, my beauty, my love, will, will you come with me? I am enough. And as much love as I experienced there in that moment doesn't even compare to the message God was trying to send his people through my life. For God himself was trying to talk to his adulterous people, his wayward wife. He was, he was trying to say to them, my, my people, I want, to, I want to woo you again. I want to speak tenderly to you again. I want it to be like it was at the start. Remember when we left Egypt together? I want, it to, I want it to be like that. And I will make your valley of trouble into a door of hope. And I will be your security. And I will be your significance and your satisfaction. And I will, I will show mercy to no mercy. And I will give not mine a new name. I'm going to call him mine. Because you belong with me. For I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you will know the Lord. Oh, my people, my bride, my love, will you come with me? I am enough. See, God knows the very darkest places of our hearts. The depths of all that we are capable of, he sees every bit of our incessant adultery, how I constantly look to everything but him to find meaning and satisfaction in my life. He sees every bit of it. But no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the regrets you have or the shame you embody, nothing can stop his love. Nothing can stop his love. And you can, you can keep running, hiding, fleeing from his presence, and yet he will never stop searching, pursuing, wooing, longing to be with you. He will stop at nothing to love you. Because I don't, I don't care who you are. We've all chased after other lovers. You know who they are for you. You know the beds that you've shamefully crept in and out of time and time again. And how quickly those empty lovers become cruel masters. And we find ourselves in chains. It is you and I who stands there enslaved, tied to that pole. But God says to you, here I am. Will you come with me? My love, don't you see? I am enough.